and I think we need to have a chat. There are a little too many songs about standing up that we just sang. I think you're trying to attack me there a little bit. Is that not true, though? You ever had a point in your life where you just could not go on? We've all been there, right? You just physically, spiritually, emotionally, I can't make it any further, and I need help. I cannot stand on my own. Where do you turn in times like that? We're in the middle of a study on prayer, and last week we talked about what is prayer. We discovered that prayer is all about relationship. It's about a relationship with the creator of the world. Today, we're going to answer the next question, why should we pray? When we hear that question, why should we pray, we run quickly to one verse in Scripture that is awesome. It's a verse found in the book of John. It says, whatever you ask in my name... That will I do. We know that verse, right? We want to live by that verse. Because that verse tells us whatever we want from God, if we ask him, God will do what? He'll give it to us. And that's our prayer in life. That led me on a hunt this week, and I found top ten prayers from children from the Internet. So this is not mine. I found this on the Internet. But here's a list of the top ten prayers children pray. I want to share it with you. Number one, dear God, my mom tells me that you have a reason for everything. I guess broccoli is one of your mysteries. (laughs) Some of you might have prayed these prayers before. Number two, please make my parents understand that if I don't eat salad, I do better at school. Number three, please forgive me for hiding my sister's favorite doll. And please don't tell her where it is. Number four, dear God, I need you to make my mom not allergic to cats. I really want a cat, and I really don't want to ask my mom to move out. (laughs) Dear God, can you give me a smartphone? Santa must have forgot about it. Dear God, I saw my big brother walking out of the shower on accident. God, can you erase that from my brain? (laughs) Dear God, when will my sister stop being so annoying? I'm down to my last patience. Dear God, I promise to never say those words again, at least until my next shots. Dear God, please don't let it rain on Saturday. The first ball I hit will be for you. I think some of us have been there, haven't we? Last but not least, dear God, I hope my dog is with you in heaven. Please take care of him. Sorry if he chews on your sandals. You know, we laugh at these prayers, but we all too quickly find ourselves praying the same things, don't we? We pray for our food, we pray for our sickness, we pray for our pets. But does it end there? Whatever you ask in my name, that will I do. Did you know that's not the end of that verse? That's just a portion. 
You see, the verse ends with this, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. See, when we understand prayer in its proper context, it changes everything. The purpose of prayer is bringing God glory in and through our lives. When we hear that word glory in Scripture, it brings the idea of weight and importance. We hear this phrase, glory of the Lord, in Scripture. That's instances when God reveals a glimpse of who He really is, showing His holiness, His awesomeness, and His power. You know, every prayer request is an opportunity for us to witness God's glory firsthand in our lives. But sometimes, or many times, we just miss it. We just miss the opportunity. Let me ask you a question. What's the strongest relationship that you've ever had? Think about it in your mind. The strongest relationship that you've had in your life, maybe with a significant other, maybe a family member. What was the foundation that that relationship was built on? Healthy relationships are all built on a foundation. What kind of foundation is that? I'm sure we've all experienced and seen healthy and unhealthy relationships. When centered on Christ, our relationships help us grow, love, serve, and heal. When supported by a faulty foundation, our relationships crumble into hurt, distrust, and separation. Through Jesus' prayer that we're going to read here in just a minute, in John 17, we're going to see that Jesus' relationship with the Father was the foundation for all other relationships in life. When we make our Father the center of our relationships, we find a foundation that lasts forever. So turn with me to John chapter 17, and we're going to read the whole chapter, and I know it's 26 verses, and I know it's a lot, but we're in church, and we're going to read the Bible. Is that all right? This prayer in John 17 is affectionately known as the high priestly prayer. We see Jesus interacting with the Father before he is arrested in John 17. And as we read, let me, let's, let's lay a few ground rules, okay? As we read, I want you to listen for a few things. Listen for repeated words and listen for relationship. So after we finish the chapter... I want you to be able to answer the question, do you think Jesus and God have a close relationship? Number one. And what does it tell us about us? Number two. All right? Here we go. John chapter 17, verse 1. When Jesus had spoken these words, he lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son that the Son may glorify you. Since you have given him authority over all flesh to give eternal life to all whom you have given him. And this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. I glorified you on earth, having accomplished the work that you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your own presence with the glory that I had with you before the world existed." You hear any words over and over so far? There's a lot of glories in here, isn't there? Mm. I have manifested your name to the people whom you gave me out of the world. Yours they were, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they know that everything that you have given me is from you. For I have given them the words that you gave me, and they have received them. 
and have come to know in truth that I came from you. And they have believed that you sent me. I am praying for them. I am not praying for the world, but for those whom you have given me, for they are yours. All mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I am glorified in them. And I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world, and I am coming to you. Holy Father, keep them in your name, which you have given me, that they may be one, even as we are one. While I was with them, I kept them in your name, which you have given me. I have guarded them. And not one of them has been lost except the son of destruction, that the scripture might be fulfilled. But now I am coming to you, and these things I speak in the world, that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. Don't we wish he'd never prayed that prayer? They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, so have I sent them into the world. And for their sake I consecrate myself, that they also may be sanctified in truth. I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you. Let's back up for a minute. Did you know your name is in the Bible? Did you know your name is in the Bible? Listen to what Jesus says here. I do not ask for these, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that is you, that they may be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given me I have given to them, that they may be one even as we are one, I in them and you in me, that they may become perfectly one, so that the world may know that you sent me and loved them even as you have loved me. Father, I desire that they also, whom you have given me, may be with me where I am, to see my glory that you have given me, because you loved me before the foundation of the world. O righteous Father, even though the world does not know you, I know you, and these know you that you have sent me. I made known to them your name, and I will continue to make it known, that the love with which you have loved me may be in them, and I in them. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you so much for your word. And Father, how incredible a picture you paint of your love for us. And Father, as we have read the words of Jesus here and seen a deep connection with you, Father, remind us of the incredible place a value that we sit in as your creation, as your chosen ones, loved by God. So, Father, as we discover just a little more clearly what it means to pray today, I pray that you will join us and give us your wisdom. In your son's name we pray. Amen.
You notice the repeated words. There's a lot of glories. There's a lot of what? What else? Gaves. There's not one another's. Us. Me. We. Yours. That's about a relationship here, isn't it? So if we want to ask the question, why should we pray? We find from this scripture passage, this interaction between Jesus and God before Jesus pays the ultimate price for our sin, we discover three things. Why should we pray? Number one, we should pray to deepen a relational connection with God. We should not pray to have our requests fulfilled. It's not a genie in a bottle. Number one, we should pray to deepen a connection with God. The very foundation of Jesus' prayer began with his relationship and oneness with the Father. Specifically, Jesus prayed that God would glorify him on earth for the sole purpose of completing the work God called him to do, ultimately returning that glory back to the Father as he did. Then in verse 6, Jesus acted out that very foundation by praying for his disciples, asking that they might experience the oneness he had with the Father as the foundation for their own lives and relationships. Verses 6 through 11 include the acknowledgement of the Father's gifts, the Son's actions, and the disciples' responses. Jesus revealed the Father to those the Father had given him. You know, the world would reject the disciples as it had rejected Jesus. Thus he prayed that the Father would protect them by the power of God's name, his being or nature, that they might be the one or one as Jesus and the Father are one. Their unity with God as the foundation of their lives would establish their relationships and witness to the world. The primary function of prayer in our lives is to deepen that connection with God and completing that work. You know, every day we have an opportunity for the glory of God to shine through our lives. Unfortunately, we have a battle that is waged in our spirit daily. Because there are opportunities every day for us to receive glory for things that are accomplished. Do we not? You ever had anyone pat you on the back and tell you, good job? You puff your chest out and think, you know what? I did good today. That's God's glory working in and through you. Are you directing that glory back to Jesus? Have you ever had those days where you feel like, nope, there's no pats on the back here. I failed miserably today. Ever been there? We're all winners in here. There's none of those, right? We struggle. Opportunities for God's glory to shine in and through us. We see that as the disciples were beaten. They were mocked and eventually killed for their faith. But God's glory shone through them until the end. That foundational relationship with God created an opportunity for God's glory to shine through them. And we see that in the perfect example of Jesus. Jesus lived and acted and did incredible things in his ministry. Not to direct glory to him, but to push it back to who? To God. To give God all the glory. And we see even at times in his ministry that there were instances where Jesus performs a miracle or does something incredible and he turns to the individuals and he says, okay, don't tell a soul what just happened. We see those, don't we? We're like, what are you doing here? 
But God's purpose in sending Jesus was to give him the glory, to glorify him, and therefore direct it back to God. That's where we see the second function of prayer. Why should we pray? Number one, we should pray to deepen a relational connection, but we should also pray to direct glory to God. Who did Jesus want to ultimately receive all the glory, all the credit, all the recognition in his life? That was God, right? Throughout the seasons of life, we must understand our purpose. Anyone have a purpose in life? We all should, right? It's when we lose purpose that things can go south quickly. All right, listen closely. Throughout the seasons of life, we must understand our purpose. Circumstances don't change purpose. Your circumstance in life does not change your purpose in life. When we grow in relationship with Jesus, that gives an opportunity for us to serve him, to make an impact on the world, but it also presents challenges in our own lives. You see, unfortunately, we spend our seasons wishing for the next season. You ever been there? I just want to be alive at the end of the day or the end of the week or the end of the month. God, just help me survive and I want to be breathing when I come out the other side. You ever been there? Unfortunately, we spend seasons wishing for the next instead of fully engaging in the opportunities of the day. You see, every day, every day, every moment matters in life. Each moment provides an opportunity to allow God to guide, to deepen a relationship, and to serve him in the world. Every day is a chance for us to make a kingdom impact, regardless of our circumstances or situation. The question is, will you take advantage of it? See, we make excuses, don't we? God, I can't do this today. God, life is just so overwhelming today, I just can't handle it. But maybe, just maybe, God has set things up today for him to receive incredible glory in life. What if Jesus, what if Jesus, when he was walking up the hill to Calvary, said, God, not today. I just can't do it today. God would not have received the glory that he deserved. Why do we pray? We pray to deepen a relational connection with God. We pray to direct glory to God. And third, we pray to determine a purpose from God. You see, Jesus prayed that believers would be protected from the evil one and the influence of the godless world, that they would be sanctified by the truth and sent into the world. See, God's plan was not to take believers out, but to reach the world through them as they continued the same mission on which the Father sent Jesus, urging people to accept God's grace 
building relationships with others out of their relationships with Christ. The heart of this final paragraph in this section of the chapter focuses all on unity, the ultimate demonstration of God's work through his people. We learn here that the body, that body unity is patterned after divine unity. The absolute oneness of the Father and the Son will now be spiritually transferred to believers for the specific purpose of spiritual unity. The union of the church is not patterned after some earthly organization or any well-meaning intentions of humanity. God joins our spirits through the Holy Spirit because Jesus' blood is thicker than water. It's thicker than human bonds. Jesus' prayer here shows deep concern for unity among the relationships of his followers. He was trying to set an example for us to follow. He was trying to set the pattern as his relationship with God flowed over into the relationships with the disciples. We must understand, though, that unity is not sameness, nor does it mean holding the same opinions or agreeing on every matter. Unity among Christians means acting out of, out of their relationship with Jesus. Out of their relationship with Jesus, we have an opportunity to love one another. We have an opportunity to obey God's commands. And we have a chance to work together on his redemptive mission in the world. Love for Jesus, faithfulness to Jesus, and a sense of needing one another to do his work will unite his people in ultimate service and glory. Guys, bottom line is his pattern throughout creation from beginning to end is to make his glory known throughout the world. God's pattern for your life is to make his glory known in your life. From one situation to the next, regardless of circumstance, regardless of point in your life. It doesn't matter what you're going through, what you're dealing with, whether it's good or bad. God wants to do something incredible in and through your life. And he wants to use you to do it. To let his glory shine for the world to see. The question is, are you grasping the opportunity to let his glory shine through you? That's why we pray. That's why we spend time with God, to deepen a connection, to direct glory, and to determine purpose. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much for the day you've given us and for a chance to study your word. Father, we ask now that you will just guide us. You will just show us the way. Father, as we seek to go deeper in relationship with you and let that shine for the world to see. Father, as we pray for those in our lives who need to hear the gospel message, I pray that you will just give us that opportunity, that you would hear our prayers, that you would hear from heaven, and that you would respond. Not for us to receive any recognition, but for your glory to shine, for the nations to see. In your son's name we pray.
Before we close, we just want to give you a chance to respond.